This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation, anchor down. Welcome back into the Door Report, episode 251 on a beautiful and lovely Thursday evening, December 7th, 2023. I am Will Byram, joined by my cold brew sipping co-host Trevor Hewlin. Here at the Door Report, we are presented by Corey Perkins of Parks Realty. If you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to move homes in the Nashville area, Corey Perkins is your man. You can reach out to Corey via phone call or text at 615-967-8623. Or you can reach out to Corey via email at Perkins at Realtracks.com. Realtracks spelled R-E-A-L-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Trevor we have a little bit of a loaded episode 251, even though football season is over. We have an update on Vanderbilt basketball. Before we get into this, oh, you, you have also mastered the ad read intro. Oh, you like it? Yeah, yeah. You you yeah. From the first episode to now, you were an intro ad read master. What? Somebody hire this man. There we go. That would be awesome. My company's consolidating their financial offices in Seattle uh, over the over 2024. So I will be looking for a job in the next year or so. So maybe I can be an ad read guy. Who knows? But we also need to reach out to Corey to see if he wants. I forgot about that. Thank you for the reminder. We need to figure out if Corey Perkins wants to continue to sponsor TDR. So, Corey, you will probably be receiving a text from me tomorrow. Corey, please keep us sponsoring us. With Corey, Corey, we need you, Corey. It's the big money, baby. Corey, we need we you. Need you. <laughs> All right, Corey. What a good ad read. Also buy, Corey, please! Also buy a house from Corey. But, Trevor, we have... A loaded episode 251, even though football season is over and basketball is giving us absolutely nothing to talk about. We have talking with TDR. The fans in love talking with TDR. Talking with TDR is here. I think we have, what, seven, seven calls? Seven in? calls. Seven calls. So we'll get to those after the TDR cocktail break. Before the TDR cocktail break, we will talk a little bit of Andy Hoops which I'm about to ask a question that I think you know what it's going to be. We'll talk a little bit of Andy Hoops, and we'll also try to give a little bit of an update on perpetual free agency Yep, on the transfer portal. Try to kind of gauge where Vanderbilt is right now and some of the news that has come out through VandySports.com with Chris Lee and Billy Derrick over there, as well as Joe Rexrode writing an article for The Athletic about Vanderbilt's NIL investments. So, Trevor, overall, this may be a tough question to answer because of the different directions and vibes of the different sports, but how are the vibes overall right now? The football news has been so good to me that it's honestly carrying me. 
And I love Vanderbilt hoops. Like we've talked about this. There's something special about Vanderbilt basketball, but what's going on with the NIL that we'll get into has totally just taken me by storm. Um, but then again, as I was watching the game against San Francisco last night, I was in a crippling depression. Like it had me in a Kurt Angle angle lock. Basketball has dropped to a point that I don't think we expected was possible this year, regardless of injuries. We thought this program was further along. It's not. It's time for the Jerry Stackhouse tenure to be over. Yep, get him out of here. It, it's almost universal across the fan base. I don't know how much good an in-season firing does. That doesn't make much of a difference to me. I'm not one of the fans that's calling for an in-season firing. I don't think it makes much of a difference because you're never going to hire internally in college athletics. Don't disrespect Nikki Gross like that. Don't disrespect our dog. Oh, oh, oh. Nikki, Nikki Gross like that. Give Nikki Gross the head coaching job, baby. Let's make more headlines. Nikki Gross for head coach. Nikki Gross for head coach. TDR leading the charge. Nikki, get them boys going. That's a gross intro to episode 251. <laughs> but before we get into all of that and much more, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Door Report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. It's now time for segment one. All right, Trevor. We've already had a little bit of a controversial intro. It's time to get into Vanderbilt basketball. The Doors handily beat a tough opponent in Alabama A&M, 78-59, as they should, and then were thoroughly dominated by San Francisco at home. Mm -hmm. Vanderbilt loses to San Francisco at home, 73-60, to moving the Commodores to 4-5. and I think Joey Dwyer from VandySports.com tweeted out that he was an idiot because he placed the floor of the out-of-conference schedule for this basketball team at 9-4. and four. And they're already sitting at 4-5. and five. I don't even think there's a big point to getting into the nitty-gritty of this game. The team shot 3 of 9 from the free throw line, shot 43% from the field. This team can't shoot. No. Tyron looks like a shell of himself. What happened to the shooters, Jerry? There are no shooters. There's no consistent shooting. There's no consistent offensive plan. The only bright spot I can point to at all is Jason Rivera-Torres. Yep. He looks legit. He has a different energy about him, a different swagger about him. He is legit. Tyron looks almost disinterested. I, I don't have another word for it. He looks like a shell of himself. Vin Allen Lubin looks pretty solid. But he's the wrong position. He's not a scorer. And he's a four. This team has so many problems, and they're being exposed so early against inferior competition, Trevor. Yep. Uh, this is going to be a winless team in conference play. I'm going to go ahead and predict it. Uh, we're back to the basement. This We're not going to win a conference game. It could be. And I'm going to run through the Ken Palm rankings of the other 13 SEC teams and then tell you where Vanderbilt ranks as well. In Ken Palm, this is not what's used to seed the NCAA tournament, but... A good rating system for the quality of your team yeah. and the opponents that you're facing. And you have two face in the conference schedule. So here are the SEC Ken Palm rankings. Number one, Tennessee at nine. 
Alabama at number 13, Auburn at number 17, Texas A&M at 20, Kentucky at 21, Florida at 31, Mississippi State at 37, Arkansas at 44, South Carolina at 53, Missouri at 80, Georgia at 81, LSU at 93, Ole Miss at 99, and at number 14, dead last, the Vanderbilt Commodores at number 209 in the Ken Palm. The SEC does not have another team outside the top 100 as of the 7th of December. And Vanderbilt is sitting outside of the top 200. It's well past being unacceptable. Uh-huh. Anybody not willing to bring criticism to Jerry Stackhouse, you must have some financial investment yeah. in carrying water for him for some reason. Uh-huh. You have a Jeff Goodman with Bryce Drew level obsession Worse. with Jerry Stackhouse. If you are still defending Jerry Stackhouse yeah. at this point, he is lost. He sounded lost in the interview after the game last night. He sounded frustrated, agitated, fed up, and also like he didn't care. Yeah. And he has no answers, so it's time. This season's done. It's over. Hope is gone. They're not going to turn the switch. They're not going to flip the switch. And even if they do flip the switch, too much damage Too done. much damage has been done. We've seen what happens even if this team turns it on late in the season. And this out-of-conference play has been worse than last year already. Yep. So San Francisco's a good team. This isn't necessarily the worst loss that Vanderbilt has had, obviously. But this is really kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back. This yeah. is like the point of no return. You had to beat the San Francisco Dons to give yourself a chance to be on the bubble. Mm-hmm. And right now, I, I just don't see it with this team. No, and, and shout out to a tier one listener, Heel J. Will, who who was a, a, a maybe the most hardcore Stackhouse backer. He's turned his back on Stack. So if, if, our, if our boy Heel J. Will has turned his back on Stack, if you're supporting him, you have no excuse. And the upcoming schedule doesn't get easier. This is the problem. Vanderbilt plays... Texas Tech next on, what is that, the 16th of December, and then they play Western Carolina, then at Memphis, then they play Dartmouth, then conference play starts, then the gauntlet begins. So two very solid teams remaining. These were games that were kind of 50-50 toss-ups before the season. These were games that a lot of us predicted would be losses. Before the season began, now you have to win them to not go into conference play with a losing record. Yeah. You have to beat Western Carolina. You have to beat Dartmouth. And even if you do that and lose to Texas Tech and on the road against Memphis, you will still have a losing record heading into conference play. The damage is done. The season is over, and we're just entering December. That's really depressing. Yeah, this the, the vibes are worse this year than they were last year. Oh, yeah. M- much worse, which is... Uh, quite frankly, insane to say, you know what I mean? Because last year was rough and then, but still wasn't this bad. We were trying to make justification. We're like, okay, Southern Miss isn't that bad. Grambling, yeah, that's a bad loss. We'll just chalk it up as one. And then you have a so-so loss. And then it was just, yeah, it's been a rough season so far. It's just repeating the same cycle we've seen with Jerry Stackhouse the previous four seasons. And we're seeing the exact same thing in year five. Yep. Nothing has changed. Nothing has been learned. No improvements have been made. It's time to make a change, Candace Story Lee. It's time. Yep. Go ahead, start the search. Go ahead and start the search. But they have a lot more games to play. And I'm sure at some point they'll go on a win streak. And all Vanderbilt fans will think all is right with the world. And Vanderbilt will get another NIT berth. 
And then Vanderbilt fans can be happy about playing in the fucking NIT again because that's the goal, right? The not invited tournament, baby. The not invited tournament. But there's a little more positive news on the football side. I shockingly. Think. Shockingly. Very different vibe than we had during episode 250. A lot more players have entered the transfer portal yep. since last episode. So as of episode 250, Blake Fromang joined. Great episode if you didn't listen. Shout out to the goat. Shout out to the dog. But last episode, the guys that had entered the portal and or had officially graduated were Ken Seals, AJ Swan, running back Patrick Smith, offensive lineman Kivo Wesley, kicker Jacob Lurie, Defensive lineman Nate Clifton, punter Matthew Hayball to graduation, and offensive lineman Julian Hernandez retiring from football. Since episode 250, a lot more players have entered the transfer portal, Uh but it's going to get more positive, so bear with us. Quarterback Walt Taylor has also entered the transfer portal. Who cares? Wide receiver London Humphreys, wide receiver Will Shepard, wide receiver Jaden McGowan, tight end Logan Kyle, tight end Justin Ball, defensive back Davion Walker, Linebacker Ethan Barr and safety Savion Riley. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. There are rumors swirling, as reported by VandySports.com, as reported by The Athletic. Vanderbilt is approaching and/or has surpassed the eight-figure mark in NIL investment within the Anchor Collective. Trevor, I know you're a little more positive on all of this than I am. But what are the current vibes around the transfer portal? Do you think this is legit, that Vanderbilt is going to really compete with the big dogs in the transfer portal? I, I think the juice is real. I, I really do. So so shout out to our boys at VandySports.com, Billy, Joey, Chris, Luke, all those guys. Um, Chris dropped the bombshell note on, on the board a couple nights ago saying that not only has Vanderbilt passed the eight-figure mark, um, They might be getting close, and by the time this pod is released, we don't know. They might already be there. By the time this pod is released, they might be at $10 million in the NIL collective, which is insane, literally insane. That would put you up there with with the big dogs. It really would. For context, it was previously thought that Vanderbilt was hovering around $3 million in NIL money, which is nothing to scoff at. That wasn't going to be an embarrassment for Vanderbilt to be working with, but it certainly wasn't going to even put them at the average level of an SEC team. If you're talking eight figures, if you're talking 10 million, that puts you up there that you can really compete and try to build a competitive football team, even with all these departures. And it makes me think a lot of these departures are, we're bringing in Louie. Louie Luggage. Well, it's funny. It's funny you say that. So... TDR, a big a big sources scoop pod now. Had a little bit of a whiff on Chuck Losey. Wasn't a whiff. Everything we reported was true. Come at me. Things change very quickly. We are learning that. Uh, I dudes like Adam Schefter and Billy and Chris who are always Robbie are always like, breaking news. Source, source, source. That's exhausting. That that night, the Chuck Losey thing. I Will was on the phone with me. I was trying to buy shampoo at Walgreens, and my phone is blowing up with calls, and I'm like, this is freaking insane. But we do have a source inside the program, and I, I have I have made this note to people. A staff uh, th- this this person was talking to a staffer, and he said all he said was, "quote We have the money." Then he said, 
I can't tell you how much, but they're telling kids, quote, we will pay you big bags. They are telling kids in the portal, kids probably not yet in the portal because tampering is real. Um, and hey, Clark, tamper away. Uh, Vanderbilt is telling kids, we've got the money. So hope is in the air. Hope is truly in the air. Um, now, another issue that does arise awesome that you have the money that is a huge step forward you can finally you can finally overhaul the roster um a lot of teams have done it and seen success i that's just as we probably both agree that's just how modern day college football is going to have to be played this is this is now the recruiting process another thing how does the academic situation stand up can even if you've got the money can you get them in the door because of grades you brought up a couple good points. Number one, I listened to VandySports.com's podcast about the whole transfer portal situation. I encourage you to listen to that podcast to get the information straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Uh, but Chris Lee brought up a point that was, or, or had a quote that I really liked. And he said, if you're comparing the college recruiting landscape or building a program now to 2018, you might as well be comparing it to 1894 that's how different the landscape of college athletics is and it's grow or die uh -huh. and vanderbilt was on the verge of death yeah so this investment i don't know what donors invested i don't know who was the real person that created this situation yeah but or if it was god multiple. it happened yeah absolutely it had to happen we don't have any updated information as to who Vanderbilt's targeting necessarily. Mm -hmm. There are some guys that will be on campus uh, in the next stretch. Let me pull up the list real I've quick. I've got it right here. You got the list? All right. On campus this weekend, I'll give off these names, and then I think you have a take with this that, that you brought up earlier that I agree with. Guys that will be on campus this weekend, Jonathan Mendoza, Yale, offensive line, 6'7", 309 pounds, big boy. Jacob Rizzi, Harvard, offensive line. Cyrus Allen, wide receiver from La Tech. Abdul Rahman Yassin, wide receiver from Purdue. Kador Snyder, edge rusher, Purdue. Hank Bachmeyer, that name might sound familiar to a lot of you guys. Quarterback, La Tech. Marlon Jones, defensive back, Eastern Washington. Kishan Johnson, wide receiver, Alabama State. Everybody hearing those names in schools, and I've seen some of these criticisms from Vanderbilt fans. Everybody here in those schools, that's fantastic that you have guys visiting, but you're not going to build a competitive SEC program with group of five players, bad power five transfers, and FCS transfers. I hear you. I agree for the most part. But keep in mind that the only guys that are actually going and taking tours of other schools and actively entering their names into the transfer portal are mostly guys that are not on bowl teams. Yep. Which by default is going to be those lower tier group of five schools, lower tier power five schools, and then FCS programs. So that is the guys that are actually out on the market right now. Yes. That will change once bowl season concludes and the 2023 football season is actually over. Mm -hmm. Everybody's forgetting the 2023 football season is not actually over yet. No. And all this roster movement is already happening. They're just now announcing the all-SEC freshman teams mm -hmm. and things of that nature. And half the guys are already changing schools. 
this is just how football and basketball too, but how college athletics operates now. Absolutely. It's different. So you're going to see more names for more blue blood programs. That's not going to happen until after bowl season. Yeah. It's just not. Well, he hasn't committed yet, but our boy, Robbie Dubs of 24-7 Sports has put in a crystal ball for a name that might sound familiar to a lot of us. Coming from, I don't know if you can call him a blue blood, a college football playoff team, the TCU Horned Frogs, Randon Fontenet, safety, crystal ball to Vanderbilt. Huge get, huge get at safety. That would That's the kind of guy that Vanderbilt has to build around. Dante Carter, C.J. Taylor, Randon Fontenet. That with is Edwards. A, with a, that, those are guys you can build around. Langston Patterson is returning at linebacker. Prince mm-hmm. Colley's going to be healthy, returning from injury. Darren Agu's got a year uh, more of experience. He's going to be a junior on that defensive line. There are guys Vanderbilt has lost, but if they can continue to have buzz and continue to build and get guys in the transfer portal like Randon Fontenet, it's not official yet. But that's the type of guy you need. I think he's like 6'3", 205 or 215, big body, SEC, power five size. Looks good at safety for TCU. I keep saying power five, but it's really power four now. Yeah, That's going to throw me off. No more Pac-12, RIP and peace. No more Pac-12 after dark, man. A lot of good memories were made. Salute. But money in the transfer portal. There's a lot up in the air right now. A lot of roster turnover. That's not a bad thing from a two and ten football team. The sky is not falling no. when a lot of guys transfer from a two and ten football team. The clouds look like they're kind of starting to part, honestly. Are there some guys that me and Trevor wish this Vanderbilt football program mm-hmm. could have retained? Are there guys that this Vanderbilt football program wishes they could have retained? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is not a majority of these guys. Yeah, a lot of, For a lot of them, the writing was on the wall that they are going to be replaced. Mm-hmm. And I think this report of NIL investment further justifies that and gives credence to it mm-hmm. when, other, when otherwise it would be copium. Yeah. Saying, we're just going to replace them in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. I think, Yeah, you'd be like, with what? What are you going to replace them with? Yeah. I, I think I'm not as pie in the sky ready to hop back on the train as others because like you said they still have to get past the academic entrance hurdles yeah and the transfer portal which is never easy yeah you still have to convince these guys even with the money to come and play at vanderbilt where nobody in the past has had success it's been a place your career goes to die so they have to change that narrative and convince guys that this is a new vanderbilt they're building something here they're not the two and ten football team you saw last season that's the harder part of this, but step one is done. It, it's or, or supposedly done, allegedly. Yeah, done. allegedly. It's kind of like the football stadium renovations and facility upgrades. It has to happen. That's step one. To get your foot in the door, this has to be a thing to be competitive. Mm-hmm. But the job's not done. There's still a lot more to be done. Hey, to quote our boy, who we need to talk about a little bit, CJ Taylor. We're on a mission, baby. On a mission. We're on a mission, baby. Before we go into the TDR cocktail break, I want to shout out Bruno Reagan for a tweet that I really liked about the current state of Vanderbilt football. Uh, In quote, Bruno said, what worries me the most is that this might be the most important one to two years in the modern VU football era. 
facilities are coming, and NIL with some crazy numbers reported. If they can show success with it, then it would truly change. But if you fail, we may never get this investment again. That's it, a great That's a great tweet. It he's right. He's right, and it reminds me a lot of when Vanderbilt had Bryce Drew and made a lot of headlines in the recruiting world about bringing in Simi Shitu, Darius Garland, and Aaron Neesmith. Mm-hmm. And I remember vividly having a conversation with my dad and saying, this is great, but if these guys come in here and fail, you're not going to see four and five stars popping up wanting to come to Vanderbilt because they've seen a bad track record. It's just this is your opportunity to succeed and elevate yourself. Mm -hmm. And it didn't happen, and we've seen the downward spiral of Vanderbilt basketball since then. Football only has so far to spiral. But, yeah, <laughs> but this is the opportunity. If things are going to change, they're going to change in the next two to three seasons. Yeah. I Otherwise, agree. it's going to be more of the same. Before we get into the cocktail break, I, I do want to bring up a point that you made. A lot of these guys that we have lost, I, I, there's only two on this list that I'm like, dang, man, that's kind of rough. London Humphreys and for me, Jaden McGowan. I'm, I'm like, those are rough losses. Two guys you brought back, though, C.J. Taylor, Langston Patterson. Those are mammoth. Like, those outweigh, to me, maybe I'm a little biased, bringing back those guys outweighs losing London and Jaden for me. Oh, 100%. C.J. Taylor and Langston Patterson are a level above. London Humphreys and Jaden McGowan. I'm not opinion. even going to include Will because even if he had a, like he he was not coming back any. He was going to go to the draft. Will Shepard got his two shots at being wide receiver number one. Yeah, and they weren't that great. Yeah, so it, it's it's time to get new blood. There's he's a big loss if he's an NCAA 14 plug and play guy. Mm-hmm. As far as locker room investment and effort, and if he was bought into the Clark Lee football program, I don't know. So he's not the biggest loss. I think number one by far, like you said, is London Humphreys. Number two for me is Jaden McGowan and the losses. And then probably number three is Nate. A little slithery. A little slithery snake. Number three is Nate Clifton. Just because you're going to have injuries on that defensive line. Having an extra big body is never a bad thing, especially with experience. But he is coming off playing on a horrific Vanderbilt front seven. So how good can he really be? I think the only two pieces that had to be back for Vanderbilt were C.J. Taylor and Langston Patterson. And then also we missed uh, uh, Dericky Wright is also my in the sweet portal. boy. My yeah. sweet boy. I, I, thank, God I he, hope, thank God he's gone. Uh, is the speed of a linebacker. I Because he is a linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you I, have. If I hope I he like does Dur- well. I, I like Dericky Wright. If he's playing, if he's starting at safety for you, you're in big fucking trouble. Yeah. Out of like, out of the guys who have left, like I, Dericky's my number one. Uh, Ken, Ken as well, and, and AJ. I'm gonna be like Ken, AJ, and Dericky. I truly hope they do well. And that my some fans I might upset. That's fine. I I truly hope they do well. The rest of these guys, I don't care. I don't have any. I don't have negative or positive. I just I truly once you're gone, you're gone. I don't care. You're just chasing a bag somewhere. I don't care. Yeah. So it's different now than it used to be. It is very different now in the NIL era and the free transfer portal era how I viewed these transfers because it's more like NFL free agency. Mm-hmm. They, it, it's very different. It's not just, ah, oh, it was a scheme fit or he didn't like the program or the school. It's not that anymore. It's money. 
except with an NFL free agency, you at least have to honor a contract. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a contract involved that like if you dip before, you got to pay a chunk of money. So, hey, Congress, if, if I'm in Congress, we would solve a lot of issues. The first thing I would do my first day in Congress, I would make these kids sign contracts. If you want to get the NIL bag, you got to be here for two years. I don't even know how you regulate it. How regulation is going to spring in NIL is going to have nothing to do with it just being brought down or enforced. There's just going to be NIL money contracts that are not honored by collectives or sponsors or whatever. That's a good that point. That is what is going to break this. That's is a good point. A lot of this money is pledged. Yeah, a lot of it's inflated. It, yeah, it's not sitting there actually in a bank account ready to be paid. I just don't think there is truly this much value floating around in the transfer portal. I think we're in a hyperinflated time right now, and I think it's going to come crashing down at some point. And the guys of NIL not being paid for play is going to be pulled from whatever they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, agree. it just it, we're pretending this is name, image, and likeness value. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. So coming up after the TDR cocktail break, we have Talking with TDR Part 2, seven calls to get to. So grab yourself a cold one because I believe this is going to be pretty damn entertaining. Welcome back from your TDR cocktail break. I, uh, I really hope you have a delicious cold beverage sitting next to you. Me and Trevor both do. Trevor has his cold brew coffee. I've got some iced coffee and a nice, delicious natural light. That sitting looks next to delicious. Me. Do they remodel their cans? Uh, this is old. It's probably skunked beer. I found this in a cooler from the last tailgate. Uh, a couple of days ago. That's a great looking can. Yeah, it's a beautiful can. Natural Lights throwback can. Natural so, Lights, sponsor the pod. Yeah, sponsor the pod here. We'll we'll take any sponsor. Yeah. Any beer brand, I will drink it the whole time. Yeah. Energy drink brand, water brand, body armor, Celsius. I'll pound them. So pause. Pause. All right. <laughs> Trevor, it's time to get into the highly requested. Episode, the second part two, what do you want to call it? Part two, episode two, That's talking with I TDR, whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know. Talking with TDR, part two. And first up, from Blake Fromang, guest of the last pod. Two-time guest. Fromang, two-time guest, former Vanderbilt offensive lineman. Let's see what old Blake has to say. What's up, boys? It's Blake Fromang. Two-time TDR guest, first-time caller, long-time listener. I recently got married, and we're about to have that discussion of what do we do when we make a will? Where's everything going to go? I'm of the mindset I should give every single piece of the assets I own to the Vanderbilt NIO Collective. She may take some issues with this. Eh, that's for her to worry about. But I do need help broaching the subject, and I need some talking points from you guys so I can I can reel her in on this idea. And as always, as your attorney, do not do anything illegal. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 Are we about to give uh, marital advice? How do we even approach listen, this subject? Listen here, Blake. As a man with zero successful relationships in my life at 26 <laughs> years old, and none ended on good terms either, I should be the man giving you advice on how to broach this subject with your wife. You just got to tell her who's boss. You got to tell her the doors need me. The doors need the bucks. And that's just got that. You've just yeah. got to lay down the law. Yeah. I don't I don't have any other advice besides you just got to lay down the law. Well, well, here's the thing. 
I believe Miss Fromang as well is also an attorney. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what her what, what what her job is. That might be sensitive information. We might have to redact that. I don't know. But we'd imagine they're both making good money. We can imagine kids coming from a, a successful household like that will have learned valuable and important life lessons that they can then apply to their lives so that they can be financially set up for the rest of their lives just from the information they learned from their parents. So if that's the case, Blake, your kids don't really need your money. Yeah. They'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be fine. They'll be, you know who does need the money? Yeah, you know. Banker club. Yeah. <laughs> CJ Taylor needs that bag. Yeah. Do you? Okay. You're watching from above. You're yeah. obviously going to heaven as a two-time TDR guest. Yeah. That's a Maybe given. three or four. You're looking down. Do you want to see your family enjoying your assets? Or do you want to see a winning product mm. inside a First Bank yep. Stadium? The doors making national headlines, and you can rest in peace knowing oh. that you're causing the displeasure of every other SEC fan base because nothing would drive other SEC fan bases more insane than the NIL that they so longly begged for. Mm -hmm benefiting private institutions oh, more than public institutions I love coming it. down the pipeline is going to be regulation that is going to benefit private universities because it's going to regulate the use of money to pay athletes directly from public universities mm -hmm. and that is going to benefit vanderbilt if Deermeyer wants to actually invest university money that's getting into maybe further down the road things yeah but but yes, donate all of your assets to the NIL Collective. I feel like that's a wise thing to do as a lawyer. You know what? Money is temporary. Victory is forever. You make the decision, Blake. Do the right thing. Be a good guy. Do the right thing. I mean, what's better, having your kids financially set for the rest of their life or having an athletic building on campus named the Fromang Building? Yo, oh, <laughs> come mean, on. I mean, stone lasts more than flesh. Am I right? We will, Blake, just donate all your assets and we will figure out a way to have a full-size statue made of you that we will bring to every TDR tailgate. Blake. Obviously, this is all in the worst case of a horrible accident. Yes. We hope to have Blake on TDR many more we times. We hope Blake lives to like 110. Yeah, which is like 60 years longer than I'm going to live. Yeah. So, Hey, you know what, Blake? If you give all of your assets to the collective, we will we will we will be your kids' godparents. We will take care of your children. Phoebe is basically my child and and she's doing and, great. And, and Will's niece and she loves life. She's so we can she's alive. So Blake, that was zero good advice. Don't listen to anything we said. You, you wink, might, wink, 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 wink. Yeah. <laughs> just just don't tell her. Women are so dumb. Like she won't even figure it out. I think she probably will figure it out. <laughs> she's probably she's smarter than me. She's 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 gonna figure it out like immediately. She's gonna be like, "What the hell are you doing?" And he's gonna be like, "I took advice from these like twenty year old idiots." You wouldn't get it, babe. <laughs> babe, they need the money. <laughs> don't worry about it. They're babe. so poor. <laughs> Just don't worry about it, babe. This billion dollar endowment, private wealthy university needs my money <laughs> more than anything. <laughs> Next up, Trevor, we've got George Barclay at GBarks underscore 24. Hey, Will and Trevor, George Barclay here. My current takes on football and basketball stand, but since we're in the holiday spirit, 
I'd like to deliver a grievance about something all Vanderbilt fans can unite on, and that's hating on those tool bags in orange and white out east. When I think of the University of Tennessee, to quote the Grinch, loathe entirely. These bozos can't even celebrate the right quarterback as the savior of their football program. In 1998, it was T. Martin, not Peyton Manning, who finally beat Steve Spurrier, led the Vols to a perfect season, and won them a national championship. And these days, T. can't even get a goddamn gift basket out in Knoxville. It's absolutely (laughs) pathetic. In addition, Tennessee's got ass-ugly uniforms. It looks like someone puked up orange Gatorade on a high school kid. It's an absolute joke. Tennessee fans are so cocky, even though their teams managed to fumble the bag down the stretch in nearly every major sport. The song Rocky Top sucks, and most of their fans can't even sing it right. The only reason that people think UT is cool is because Morgan Wallen, those morons from Barstool who have never been to other SEC games, and that stupid Megan Maroney song. She's going on tour with Kenny Chesney next year, and when that song comes on at Gillette Stadium, I'm booing that shit loudly. It's an absolute (laughs) joke. In closing, guys, I will leave you with a chant that we used to do in the Vanderbilt student section back when I was in college. Here goes. It sucks to be a Tennessee Vol. I said it sucks to be a Tennessee Vol. I said it sucks to be a Tennessee Vol. I said it sucks to be a Tennessee Vol. Can't believe I just did that. Anyway, boys, thanks for doing this again. Love the show. And go doors. We don't do orange. Peace out. What a beautiful I don't Boston even accent. Have, dude, I don't even have anything to add. To what that. a beautiful Boston so beautiful. accent. That was beautiful. It's George Barkley here. <laughs> it, it does suck to be it a does Tennessee suck. Ball. It does suck. That's got me sweating. That was electric. That was beautiful. That, that was, was really electric. Good. There's no need to add commentary to that. It was so beautiful. George, <laughs> I cannot wait to hear what you have to say in talking with TDR part three. Oh, because God. that was gonna be that's hard to top. That's right yeah. There. That might be a that might be the greatest that's call an of all time so far. Next up. We have a man that we throw we throw around this term sometimes, but the man up next might actually be the goat, Mark McNulty, the most positive man in Vandy athletics. I mean, you cannot be a better Vanderbilt fan than Mark McNulty. And what a so, sweet human! At McNulty Nash One, give him a follow. Hey boys, Mark McNulty checking in. I know, Trevor, you like to call me Vanderbilt fan, ray of sunshine, and I usually am. I try to be, but I'll tell you what. These last few weeks, hell, the last few months have been really difficult to be a Vandy fan. But you know what really made me happy? When I saw that C.J. Taylor is coming back. That was huge. I love that, and I'm so glad that happened. But on the other side... (laughs) I made the mistake of listening to 104.5 yesterday afternoon and they were saying, Oh my gosh, Vanderbilt's got 18 players in the portal. What are they going to do? Guys, we won two games this year, two. So most of those players, I say, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Well, there are a couple of exceptions, London Humphreys, and I don't want to talk about that right now, but you know what? I hope coach Lee and Barton Simmons, have got a plan to go 
after aggressively those good players in the portal and throw the money at them. We've got to upgrade this roster. You know, I've been a Vandy fan since 1982, and I, hell, I've been through lots of ups and downs. It seems like lately we've had a lot of downs, but you know what? Being the eternal optimist that I am, it can't get any worse. It can only get better from here. So with that, I say Merry Christmas, guys, and anchor down. I love that guy. Merry Christmas, Mark. Merry Christmas, Mark. Merry Christmas, Mark. I agree. I mean, everything you hit on, I think we almost had already discussed. Mm-hmm. The C.J. Taylor news coming back yeah. immediately got me back on board a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, retaining by far your most electric player on the yeah. defensive side of the ball. Of course, huge. Uh, London Humphreys, Mark, didn't want to talk about it. I really don't either because no. I'm kind of pissed about that. Hey, dude, as, as Kodak Black once famously said, somebody call it that my dog turned out to be a rat. See, Kodak Black just got arrested. Again, yeah. on cocaine charges. Yeah, I mean, what is this? This is like the 30th time. See me, my name Kodak Black. When you see me, I'm white. <laughs> God, I love Kodak Black. I, I do love we need Very Trump. problematic. I love Kodak. We need Trump back in office to pardon Kodak again. That's just the funniest dynamic in the world. Yeah. To me, is at Mar-a-Lago that Trump is just playing like American Pie and then just thrown in there is like a few Kodak Black bops. Like, yeah, that's one of my favorite, just funniest real world. Like the simulation is. Yes, that, that, the that, there, there truly is a, just a teenage boy on the other end of, <laughs> of the line, just being like, I think this is funny. Let's free Kodak Black. <laughs> Kodak Black, when you see me, I'm white. All right. Uh, Mark, thank you for the call. Piece. Absolute dog. <laughs> Next up, day one, a one, Justin Kemp. At Kempanane's one. You think he's going to throw out another big word like he did last time, like capitulation? or Ooh. I don't even think that was the word he used. Yeah, I think it was actually. Capitulation. capitulation. Let's see what you got here, Justin. Big vocab coming up. What's up, guys? This is Justin, Kempanane Easy. Uh, man, talking with TDR part one was so awesome. Uh, just hit on that real quick, man. I loved hearing everybody's takes and uh, the reaction and all that stuff. This, that's why this is the number one podcast of all podcasts, Vandy or not. But uh, anyway, so uh, here's where I'm at on things. Uh, I, I like seeing the uh, good things going on behind the scenes here. Um, I like it that Vandy's uh, actually starting to uh, looks like they're moving forward with NIL and all that kind of stuff. That's great. Um Unfortunately, but uh, unfortunately, where I'm at, man, I've got to see, uh, I've got to see some freaking proof. I've got to see some coaches that uh, that will, you know, prove it. You know, we can deal with losing. It comes with the territory of Vandy. It's what makes the wins, you know, that much sweeter. But, but I can't deal with incompetence. I can't deal with, you know, like Jaden McGowan, one of the fastest dudes on the team, and and you know, you see it in the early games, and then they just like don't use him, and just you know on and on and on and on just incompetence so um so i want to see some you know some proof of some you know drop some plays and get somebody that can actually you know work work with what they have and um so that's where i'm at i know i, I posted you know goldie's retired um sadly for right now but um you know what? We can take that MJ twenty three, and uh, we can come back with an MJ forty five. You know, and be absolutely like we never left. So, I'm definitely, I'm definitely right there. You know, riding the wave. So, uh, 
I guess that's where I'm at, man. If there's one word uh, to, to sum up where I'm at, it is um, it's cautious. I wouldn't even say excited. I would just say cautious. I'm cautious about the future of Vanderbilt football. So that's all I've got. Um, real quick, Trevor, uh, go Cowboys. Um, you know, you got the Eagles coming up. And uh, to quote Keanu Reeves and point break, you got to go down. It's got to be that way. So uh, that's all I got, boys. Peace. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Trevor knew it. I, I you know he what I knew. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. as, as right at the end when I, Justin said, "He didn't I even one say go Cowboys." I was like, "I know. I know what's coming." I actually agree with Justin's take on the NIL more than any other take that we've kind of heard. Mm-hmm. He said cautious. I'll yeah. take it a step further and say I'm cautiously optimistic. I still have big concerns that this staff isn't it. And that, yeah. Clark, and that Clark Lee is not going to make the proper OC hire. That's a big hire that has to happen. Yeah. Strength and conditioning coach. More news will come out as these solid bowl teams finally end their season. And you can t- contact their coaches. I uh, will know more. But all of this is going to come down to can Vanderbilt actually land a high-quality quarterback? Yeah. Or multiple high-quality quarterbacks. Receivers and tight ends will follow. Guys will follow if you land a high-profile quarterback like a Ty Simpson, just for an example. But that has to happen mm-hmm. first. So the money's yeah. great. You still have to be able to recruit these guys in. So I'm cautiously optimistic, much like Justin. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you. I The NIL has me through the roof right now. But whenever I think about Clark Lee's in-game decision-making and just how middle eight, yeah, Jesus. And just how he manages in-game, that does that brings me down not just a notch. That brings me down a couple notches. Um, I'm also really interested to see how he does as a DC. So I think that might be a more natural role for him. Like I yeah. think he can be. I think Clark Lee needs to take his hands fully off the offense. Yes, that like he needs to just be he needs to hire an experienced, proven offensive coordinator and be like your baby, throw the bag at him and Clark just take over the defense. Yep. Nick Aldemoted still have him to run a lot of the day to day stuff. Yeah, I would. I would imagine. I would imagine he's still in the staff with some role and still at an elevated role. But Clark Lee taking over that D.C. just tells me he has to bring in an O.C. that brings a unique scheme Mm -hmm. and just takes over that side of the ball. Yeah. So that that's step one, and we're not going to see a lot of updates on that. Yeah, and that, so we're going to report that as we see it. But we, we haven't really seen any updates to this been point. There's no been buzz. almost nothing. Chuck Losey was the only buzz that we had at any position group, and uh, that didn't work out. Yeah. Trevor, yeah, that yeah, things change quickly. Things, things do change. Things quickly. Things change quickly. Shout out to Day One A One Justin. Yeah, thank you for the call, dog. <laughs> Go birds. Next up, the newest TDR staff member. Kind of Axel at Broom Axel. 45 seconds. Let's see what you got, Axel. Hey, fellas. How are we doing? Axel here. Among many grievances I have, some have been alleviated with the new NIL news for football, especially. But my grievance is with the athletic department as a whole giving out extensions following mediocre seasons. Like Jerry getting the extension, I believe, uh, after the 21 season, the first NIT season, for pretty poor results. And then Clark getting the extension after going five and seven. Maybe Clark's extension is now justified with the NIL news, but 
we're extending these guys way deep into the future after mediocre seasons, and then they immediately follow up with seasons that should get them fired. So that's my gripe. I mean, I, I agree. And I'll be the first to say I was wrong on the extension with Jerry and Clark. I thought that whenever I saw the extension news, I sort of thought it, it, it's just like a headline to be like, oh, yeah, he's but it's not like a real extension. Yeah. Um, If that makes sense. Turns out these are real extensions. These well, are legitimate extensions. You're always in a weird spot with contract stuff. So I didn't hate when Candace story Lee decided to extend the contracts. I do agree. It may have been jumping the gun a little bit, uh-huh. but you could follow the train of thought of after this year, there are going to be other schools bidding and you're going to have to pay more, lock them down. Now the weird part with Vanderbilt being a private university is you never actually get the full details yeah. of the contract. So like everybody knows about the Jimbo Fisher, $76 million buyout. Yeah. We don't know what the buyout is on the on this extension. Mm-hmm. What is the guaranteed money? Because yeah. that's what really matters. Yeah. It doesn't matter if there's no guaranteed money and you sign a 12-year contract. There's nothing holding you to that contract in an at-will state mm-hmm. if you have failed as the coach. They can just let you go. Yeah. But we don't know what the guaranteed money is because the university has no law requiring them to report the details of the contract. Yeah. So right now we don't know how much money is Jerry Stackhouse guaranteed. Yeah. How much money is Clark Lee guaranteed? How bad of a decision was that actually? And I think that's the question. I don't want to just shit on Candace story Lee because she extended the contracts. It made sense. But if she guaranteed a lot of money, yeah, especially to Jerry after an NIT birth or to Clark who already has ties to Vanderbilt. Yeah. If you guaranteed a lot of money, I was hoping these contract extensions were more just showings of faith. That's how from I the admin. Them at first, but it yes. seems with the hesitance that there is, or even the discussion around it, maybe it's a little too early to tell. Yeah. But if they don't fire Jerry Stackhouse after this season or during oh, this season, Lord. then that means they've signed themselves into a pretty shitty deal with guaranteed money. Yeah, they so they made a deal with the devil. This will be very telling after mm. this season. If Jerry Stackhouse isn't let go, then they've boxed themselves into a corner. I agree. They painted themselves into a bad corner. Yeah, and, and you're – I don't want to say it's going to get Bryce Drew bad, but I think you can get there very quickly. I think you're already on the route to getting there. You're on the brink. Yeah. I mean, you went 0-19 in SEC mm-hmm. play with Bryce Drew. It's going to be hard to go 0-19 with yeah. Ezra Mignon. Tyron Lawrence, yeah. Colin Smith, all they have to Tassos, do is just have one Van Allen Lubin, and there's talent on this roster. Yeah. I mean, the, there is talent as long as they don't get their entire starting five injured. They're probably going to win a few games in conference. That still doesn't change the bar of success. Yeah, This was an NCAA tournament team or bust. Year five, no tournament berths under the current staff. You have to get it done this year. They true. haven't. So, Axel, great call. I also am not super pleased with the contract extensions, uh, but a lot of that has to do with I don't know how much money was guaranteed on those extensions. Yeah. Because that's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next up, Nicholas Carr. He said, talking with TDR at the buzzer, sent it in five minutes before the do- before the deadline. Nicholas Carr at Nicholas Carr 24. At the buzzer. That's me during finals right now. Just everything at the buzzer, baby. <laughs> Hey guys, Nick Carr here, long-time listener, first-time caller. 
really excited about all the NIL stuff going on with the football program and to see what Clark Lee is cooking up over there in the kitchen at McGugan. Um, really surprised that there's some excitement after a 2-10 and 10 season, but my question has to do with the basketball program, uh, the men's program. Uh, who do y'all think would be a couple good replacements for Jerry Stackhouse? Because I'm ready for him to be out as our head coach. I'm ready for a new direction and to see where we can go and hopefully get back to what was once a blue bud and was once a top tier program in the country. Um, so with that being said, anchored down and I have an answer to his um, throw the bag at Jay Wright. Okay. Throw the throw. Give this man a billion dollars. Give Jay Wright B a billion dollars. Do whatever you have to do to get Jay Wright. I would also be okay with Chris Mack. I don't have any names. Nikki Gross. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout out to our dog, <clears throat> Nikki Gross. Um, Hire, bring Rick Bird out of retirement. I don't know. I just want to see shooters. I want to see a coach that brings in shooters. That's all. If we have the same record, but we shoot like 40% from three, fine. I want to see shots go in the basket. That's it. I want it to be fun. This sounds. This isn't like me being a troll. I wouldn't hate a Rick Bird hire. <laughs> he's he's past retirement. I, I know, but hypothetically speaking, I wouldn't hate that. Like if it was like Rick Bird, new Vanderbilt men's basketball coach, I'd be like, hmm. Get him for four or five years, recruit the area, bring some shooters, I, and then pass it along. There would be worse options. There are worse options. That's not going to happen. But we will get into that more as the season drones on. Because like I said earlier in this episode, I don't think Vanderbilt's going to let go of Jerry Stackhouse midseason. Yeah. So I think a lot of this conversation is premature. I think he's going to be let go after the season. So we will dig into that more in later episodes of TDR. One last call here from Zach at Zach DPT. What's up, boys? Long-time caller, first-time listener, whatever you're supposed to say on these things. Uh, let's start with <laughs> basketball. Um, oh, Jerry Stackhouse. You son of a bitch! Anyways, on the football, it's about, um, it really is about time that John Ingram and the rest of them, uh, Bell Me boys, started slinging that money around. But, uh, fellas, I have to be completely honest with you. I, uh, I have mixed feelings. Um, about this inevitable historic run of national championships that John Ingram is about to purchase for the Vanderbilt Commodores. Uh, my wife is 34 weeks pregnant, not to brag about having six, but I did not suffer for 31 long years of Jay Cutler losing fights to phone booths, Broderick Stewart's roughing the punter, Jerry fucking Sturkhouse ruining our three-point streak, a female goalie kicking 17-yard squib kicks and nailing long snippers in the back of the head, all for my son to be born into Alabama football type success. Settle down, John Ingram. My son has to earn his stripes. Anchor down, boys. What a call! What a call! I don't even want to comment that was so That, oh my God, what a call! He has to earn his stripes. What? Opening up with the Jerry Stackhouse SOB, what a call! That was beautiful. That was amazing. That was the final call. That was amazing. I think that is the perfect When did he send that in? Uh... He sent that in five minutes before the deadline as well. Oh, my God. Hey, congrats on the sex, Zach. Congrats Congrats on on the the sex. Dude, pumped. That Dude, absolutely pumped for that. (laughs) What a call. I think that's the perfect way to end episode 251. For myself, Will Byram, and my co-host, Trevor Hewlin, this has been episode 251 of The Door Report, powered by 
Corey Perkins of Parks Realty.